And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 222, aka season 3, episode 42, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we have MC with us today, that means we can give out the call-in lines because uh, he ran those for as long, long as we had them. Uh, those numbers, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so anything interesting going on with you this week, MC? Oh, well, I just got back from Maui. Nice. That's pretty interesting. Um, where there's a developer, and he's uh, he's trying to develop some property, and uh, unfortunately, he has to go get approval from some council, um, and they uh, decided they don't like him long ago, and well, because he's a rich developer, and so he's trying to develop uh, low-income housing. And all the politicians in, in Maui say, well. Uh, we we really need low income housing because uh, you know there's there's nowhere for poor people to live and they're they're ending up on on the beaches and, and tents and stuff and so we really need to uh, to build these low income housing uh, but when somebody tries to they go uh, uh, no not not there and not not in, in our neighborhoods not in my backyard yeah. <laughs> the NIMBY folks right and uh, and so anywhere you go in Maui that's the the same attitude you get so they really can't build it anywhere. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen right now. It's like, uh, the government and the population just agrees to, uh, not do it. There's no, there's not enough political will to do what they say they want to do, which is create low income housing. Um, so, um, one of the issues that was brought up was, uh, he wanted to build low income housing, but then allow it to convert after 10 years to just, you know, housing that you know, the people can sell for whatever price they want. Sure. Um, which would make, which would mean if a poor person moves into it, uh, eventually they will have equity and they will be able to, you know, sell the house if necessary to pay for things they need or, or, uh, you know, retirement or uh, maybe move somewhere else or, you know, whatever, but they'll at least have some, some some wealth i mean that's sure it sounds like a good deal to me i mean uh but no they they i think they don't want poor people to ever have wealth they want them just to uh be uh dependent on on the system and, and the government's wishes uh that their house always be not worth anything so um so that's pretty much the, the one issue that was brought up um and uh so we went to this this court uh courtroom uh but it was just a a public hearing or uh but it's also where the the council can approve uh the project or not okay and so they they went through this crazy weird ordeal where they had this huge uh book of of uh, uh permits and and uh uh documents say you know showing that they went through all the the paperwork to to do this thing the right way and uh and one of the paragraphs in the legal documents it said um and this application may include uh the um the uh the tax documents for the for the uh construction or for the for the developers um it didn't say must. It said may include it. <laughs> and the one of the council members, uh, female, I don't remember her name. Not important. Council she member was, uh, NPC one. Right. She she kept trying to say, well, the documents aren't in there, so it's not the the application is not complete. And then they asked the 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 other people that were there that represents the um. Oh, no, I can't remember what they represent. But anyway, they asked them, like, in your opinion, is it complete? And they were like, well, we wouldn't have uh, scheduled this, this hearing if we didn't think it was complete. We would have just told them <laughs> it's not complete yet. So, yes, so, you know, we basically think it's complete. But, I mean, if you want to say it's not complete, that's your business. You know, you're the council. You can decide whatever you want. You are the deciders sitting here. And so they had this vote. And... and 
the vote happened uh, with all the council members, and it turned up in the developer's favor. So interesting. Like, oh, okay, well, we can do this now. Okay, great. And then they had a uh, a short break, and then they came back, and uh, another guy showed up. He said, "Well, we need to we need to vote on it again." Like, what do you mean vote on it? We we already voted. And then the lady says, "Well, because there was no prevailing." Uh, winner on on the uh, on the vote we should vote again in the other what does that mean there was no well, so was the, a tie vote well the, that's the thing like the other lady says well no the, there was a prevailing winner because they won <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? like they they prevailed like they, they had they had more votes than the nays so and, like what do you mean 10-9 like, is a winning is a is a winning vote so then they were trying to find a way around it, and so I said, "Well, well, that was that was her motion to uh, deny it based on on the on the application being complete." Um, so then another guy said, "Well, well, I'm going to make a motion now," and then the the chair chairwoman was like, "We can't just do this like have a revote for every single person on on the on the council. I mean, that's just silly. Like you <laughs> voted, and that's that's it. Like." And so it went back and forth, and, and uh, we ended up leaving. But what ended up happening was somebody said, okay, well, uh, I motion to just uh, you know, deny the application. Just, okay. you know, just because for no reason. Just, just, I just motioned to deny it. And, uh, and then it got denied. They all voted, you know, not all of them, but uh, you know, they had a majority of votes to just deny the whole project. So was there some backward back uh, backrooms dealing in yeah, the interim? Yeah, well, sure there was. Yeah, there always is. Um, well, I mean, I mean, like legitimate backrooms dealing. Like they took a recess and went and talked about it, or was it yeah. all out in the yeah. open? Okay. No, they went. They took a recess. They you know talked about it, and and both sides were doing that. Both sides were you know, trying trying to say, well, this is what you should do if they do this, and uh, you know, back and forth. But uh, so anyway, yeah, they they were denied. So. Uh, no low income housing for Maui. <laughs> and so, uh Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to jump in because I remember I think I talked about this on the show a, a long time ago when I was still uh living in Honolulu and the in Kailua on Oahu for those who really care. And my stepdad was watching some like local public access TV show and they were talking to developers on Oahu about low income housing. And I want to, I'm trying to figure out if this translates over to Maui or what it, or whatnot. But one of the things that stuck out, like, you know, so I, I watched a few minutes of this programming just cause you know, passing through and they were interviewing the, the bigger developers on Oahu and the topic of low income housing came up and then the developers response was, it's not financially viable to build low income housing unless the state subsidizes it. And I went, mm. well, that's BS, right? You know, that's that's just the developer looking to get, um, you know, state funding for a project, you know, for them. And so they go like, right. well, if the state doesn't subsidize us, then we're not gonna, we're not in, we're not incentivized to build low income housing, which may be true, yeah. um, but that doesn't mean that the state should subsidize low income housing, um, because the likelihood is that these, you know, the the uh, zoning restrictions placed on developers by the states and all the regulations surrounding housing and development uh, is likely the cause uh, that low-income housing is not financially viable to build. So when you're right. talking about this developer on Maui, is is was he looking for the same thing? Do you know any more about it? Um, was he looking to build low-income housing as you know out of generosity or because he thinks it's financially viable, or is he looking for the state to subsidize part of that? I think he's he's a, a problem solver and also uh a lot of it is the uh the le the zoning issues and so yeah. if he can get it rezoned then he can develop the the property for low-income housing people um so that's that's uh that's a big part of it um he doesn't want uh any subsidies to do it Okay. Um, he just needs the laws to get out of the way. Basically, and he and 
and uh, and they can do it. The the council members could could just say, okay, yes, approved, and do it. Uh, but there's it's it's just it's just a, I think it's just a lot of it the attitude of you know we don't like the developers because they're rich and greedy sure. and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, there needs to be some type of coalition between the council members and the developers. Uh, to get it done, I think, because you're not going to get it done without them. So, um, which they tried to do, and you know, they try to meet everybody and try to get everybody on their side. But um, uh, unfortunately, there's you know a never-ending supply of people that that will come out against them. Um, and it's 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 terrible that the developers have to go seek permission to develop land that they quote unquote own. Like, right, right. You know, like if if I want the piece of property where you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> zone it however you wish but i it, it's mine and i will build whatever i want on there um one of the things that's been heavily in the news recently that wouldn't be viable where i am um but could be viable where you are mc and that's the uh cheap uh prefab houses being sold on amazon all of a sudden they made the news have you seen this mm. No, it's not viable in Hawaii cuz the land is what's the problem not i mean the housing is pretty cheap to build actually well, yeah, but but if you get around the land issue, right? Like how how cheap does affordable housing have to have to get if you can put up you know tiny homes on on some you know some of the viable land in the area? Like I'm not I'm not talking about you know getting the land rights and the and the land usage. Just saying, you know, if it, if you can put up a house for twenty thousand dollars, right? That's pretty affordable. Uh, if you can if you can get rid of the land restrictions. <laughs> Uh, in oh, yeah, the area. And that's that's all it is. Those the land restrictions. Like if if they got rid of the land restrictions, um, then developers would build all kinds of cheap housing and and expensive housing. I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be just one. It would be all. It would be just a you know whatever. Um, yeah. So. I guess the other <laughs> the other thing when I when people think of low income housing, uh, the the image that pops up in my mind is like the high rise project apartments. Mm. You know. And I don't think that necessarily has to be the case either. It doesn't have to be. Well, like... in, in Maui, they they have a limit on building height, which okay. is hilarious to me. So also six... nonsense if you're trying to get more people in a smaller <laughs> space. Just think about so, these people. So it's six stories as as high as they can build. Jesus, uh, that's nonsense. Isn't isn't terrible, but I mean, it's like, uh, so no high rises in Maui. That's the, I I will say that that's the beautiful thing about Japan, right? Small little island, giant ass buildings, <laughs> because they know how to use vertical space uh, right. to, to make right. things happen in a small footprint. And you know, to be fair, okay, so all the people in Maui basically agree that we don't want it to look like Japan, um, and but that that also means they don't really care about poor people, even though they say they do. Which yeah, is, and that's, that's then drop the pretense. That's, that's the real the heart of it is is. They're, they're bullshit. Like they all want their uh, their piece of paradise. Um, there's a lot of wealthy people that live there, and uh, yeah, they don't want to uh, disturb that in any way. I don't know why. Okay, that's the other thing. I don't know why that's such a bad thing either, right? Like why why not wanting to live around poor people um, has to be hidden away, and you know. Right, like wealthy people live in wealthy neighborhoods for a reason because there's no poor people there, right? <laughs> you know, they they live in gated communities for to to keep out the riffraff that is commonly well, associated with people still, of lesser still means. Poor people there though, and that's part of the problem. They're still there. They're they're visible on Maui. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so it becomes a a political problem um, with no political solution because yeah, they don't want to develop the land. Uh, for poor people they don't and uh, i guess they don't even want to subsidize it um and they shouldn't have to so, subsidize it right yeah, yeah but if the developers find it financially viable to do so the only thing the rich person then has to do is put in a counter bid right to purchase the land with him and maybe his neighborhood association so everyone gets a little parcel of it and then not develop it but to but to pretend like oh no we we want to take care of poor people but yet you know act uh, in defiance of that claim is silly and I don't think I don't even understand why 
the, the, the pretense has to be there, right? No, no, no. This is a wealthy neighborhood. We don't want to live next to people of lesser means. That's why we moved into a wealthy neighborhood. Like, p- full stop, end of story. You know, Be- Beverly Hills is a wealthy neighborhood, right? Even even so far, I think I've told, I, if I haven't told you this, MC, I can't believe I haven't told you this. Um, but even uh, on Oahu, uh, uh, Hawaii Low Ridge um, up there, Right, mm-hmm. it's a it's a wealthy gated community. Inside that gated community is another gated community for the really really rich people. Like they, you even if you get through the main gate, you have to get through another gate, because even amongst the wealthy, the super wealthy want to isolate themselves from it. And you know, say what you want. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I have no problem with that. I don't uh, disparage them for it. Um, but just drop the pretense that you want to do good for poor people and that it's okay. Uh, if you're not going to act on that, you know, and don't be embarrassed to say it, it's, it's not, not, it's not even a bad thing to say. Do I, do I want to live near project housing? No, I don't yeah. like not a chance. Well, it's, the council members would, would rather make themselves look like idiots by trying to redefine words like may include, um, sure. <laughs> They would rather do that than just than uh, be honest about any uh, uh, moral issue. So, yeah, that's that's all it is. It's uh, it's their their own uh, uh, deceiving, conniving ways. It's just <laughs> that's why it's one of the reasons why I hate politics, man. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's all BS and nonsense. And even even to do like oh the, the vote to do the revote because the first vote uh, didn't go our way so we're not going to count that one, right? It's like okay you know so there there was never like a pretense of fairness either, right? There there was you know or there oh, may no. have been a pretense no. of fairness that wasn't that was never going to be adhered to, right? Yeah. It's, okay, well, let's take not, a vote. Not amongst not amongst the council members, but the yeah. chair the chair at least she's she's a new chair so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but she she uh, at least. Um, told it to him like like you guys are not making any sense. <laughs> well, like, then be we the chairperson and so stand up, do the right yeah, thing. The the chairwoman did did uh, stand up and put an end to that nonsense. But someone made a motion to just d- deny the project outright just because for no reason, and and that's valid too. Like the council doesn't have to let anything happen. It's their choice, yes or no. Like if, for any reason, it doesn't matter if they finish the application 100% correctly and, and above and beyond what they needed, um, they can still say, no, we don't want it. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it it's, it's totally, it's, it's stupid that they have that power, but they do. <laughs> yeah. And, and then again, then why, if, if there was never, if the, if the project had no chance of getting started, right, why, why set up all the hoops first, right? Well, Just say, so, no, so it's not going to happen. Well, without the hoops, then they they would have. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is one big hoop. Um, sure, it's it's to give the illusion that uh, that there is fairness, and that's the key and, right uh, there. It's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. It's an and illusion, so they, and they, you can't win unless you know so, unless you find them the way around it or join their club. Right, and that's the thing. You have to convince them to be on your side before you even go into that room. Yeah, and they didn't. They didn't convince enough people yet. So um, they're either going to have to pay somebody off, or uh, that would be kind of hard because there's so many people looking at at, at them. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, this it's it was actually really big news. I mean, it's, you know, in the paper the next day, what happened? Um, so where's the citizen revolution then to put an end to that council council person's nonsense? Almost. Like you said, most of the people don't want it to happen anyway. Cheering it on, whoo! And, and I, so, I have to—I don't have to pretend to like poor people anymore because they put so an end to the it. Other, the other aspect is—is is like, okay, I can't get this low-income housing uh, approved, but that doesn't stop me from building more mansions because he said it's easy to get those approved. It's easy to yeah. do. So, so he said, well, I guess I could just build more mansions. I'll make even more money. Um, but uh, yeah, there's not going to be any. Low income until, housing. If, until you build a happens. mega mansion, right? Or what is it? The the super house? What do they call those things? The mega houses? The, well, the giant houses those, with plenty of low income yeah, rooms the, for rent? Yeah, those aren't allowed 
in Maui either. So that's not that that's not not gonna fly. So how do you build a mansion? What what is it like a two bedroom fucking mansion? Well, the, each the one I each room is a ten thousand square foot. Yeah, the this one is the I ten thousand square foot bedroom. Yeah, basically, the one I stayed in was three bedrooms, uh, a movie room, and dining room, huge kitchen, uh, very large lanai. Um, yeah, and you know, very large bathrooms. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just. It, it was nice. But I yeah, need all 5,000 square feet to take a dump. Yeah, That's it didn't have 10, 10 rooms, and and I, I don't even think they'd let them build that type of stuff because they're they're worried about you know <laughs> uh, b- people building stuff where their extended families live. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I I could have sworn that the uh, the family house, the Ohana house, was like an okay thing on Maui, like more so than on Oahu. Mm. Am I wrong about that? I, maybe maybe older ones, maybe an okay. established neighbor. Maybe they're like grandfathered in or something. Okay, but like newer newer developments and stuff. No, they just. It's why you get dumb things like duplexes with attached roofs that count as one house, right? <laughs> There's like the two separate houses, but they run one little archway across the top so that they can say it's an attached roof and call it one, and get around what it's so stupid. It makes for such weird architecture. True. Um, but you got to hand it to people who are trying to find a ways, ways around it. Yeah, absolutely. More power to the people like finding the loopholes. Um, you know, but before we were getting ready for the show, I, I read a quick, uh, little article on the rise of the SUVs. Um, it was part of, uh, the Lee Iacocca obituary and how the, the reason that SUVs, uh, came into existence was, um, because of the regulations that they were putting on station wagons and cars, yeah, and said, well, if you if you if you build a minivan, uh, it's it's regulated under a truck, and you don't have this stringent gas mileage and safety stuff. So, boom, minivans take off, and that transitioned into SUVs and sports utility vehicles, <laughs> and it, it did away with the station wagons, which right. is weird because when we here's the thing when we were looking for our SUV, uh, the the Subaru that we ended up getting. Um, they were like, they initially tried to pitch us on the Subaru Outback. And I was like, isn't that just a station wagon? Like every image I have of a Subaru Outback is just a station wagon. I'm like, I don't really want a station wagon. You know, I'm not, not in the market. <laughs> and he goes, well, it's come a long way since the days of it looking like a station wagon. And to be fair, he was right. And, you know, you put it next to all the, all the other models of Subarus next to, they all, they all look fundamentally the same with like minor differences. Right, and we got the one right in the middle, right? And it's like, you know, there's a, a, a standard SUV, which is what we got. Then there's the slightly smaller crossover SUV, which looks very much like the SUV that we got. And then there's the Outback, which was the station wagon-esque SUV. So it's a little bit longer than the one that we got. And then there's the big one, right, that looked like ours, but was like, as you know, bigger. You know, twice, you know, like the, the length of the... Uh, the Outback or a little bit lo- longer than the Outback and tall, but fundamentally they all look the same. <laughs> you know, it's like, like regu- regulation has caused all cars to look virtually identical to each other across the board. Um, and you know, part of another article I read similar to that was that that's, yeah, that's the reason why all cars look the same is because engineers are trying to pigeonhole design, uh, to meet so many government regulations that there's <laughs> there's a limited number of ways that you can make a car look that fits that you know crosses out the, all the boxes and crosses all the i's and uh, crosses all the t's and dots the i's. There just isn't a lot of of room available for true design and innovation. I'm sure the same with housing, right? You you know these these are the rules that must be brought. You know the the mega houses, the mega mansions, the shared housing, the the one roofs. You know how do how do you the designer of a house, the architect, you know, the, the developer, uh, design anything that has any, I'm going to say artistic value at all, uh, beyond just utility and fit it within all the goddamn rules and regulations and restrictions placed upon you by some onerous state and some shit city council that doesn't want you there to begin with. It's ridiculous. Nonsense. I'm bringing that back. I'm bringing my nonsense word back. I don't know how long I have been since I said that. Nonsense. Nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> nonsensical yeah um, it is. so anyway if i was uh if i was a billionaire um wow it's I, I was thinking about this this morning and like what could i do um 
so he has a whole bunch of uh, contractors and you know a whole bunch of men working on his developments and stuff and we even got to drive through some of his developments and meet some of them uh so that was that was pretty interesting he, he's he so he knows all their names like all the people working on the house was just, hey sure. chris and they come over hey, how you doing boss that's <laughs> a cool billionaire yeah and he's he's a really impressive guy um and uh really easy to talk to and um and uh, yeah he's really brilliant so but of course like i'm i'm way more of an anarchist than him and so how would i do it and like i would just get all of them together get all the supplies get all the machinery ready and just go build it in like three days like faster than the government could even respond like build a house uh, sure. in that development and so you get one house built and then you say okay all right move in here you get some people moving in there okay well now because somebody's living there uh now that so now the government has a whole bunch of red tape on what they can do uh to kick somebody else out of out of their house like you know they it, it, it could take years to get somebody out of their house it can know? yeah <laughs> you have to go to court and <laughs> so so i would just do that put a monkey wrench in it um, hey, I, I i have an article that i didn't post a show prep for us because i was saving it for free talk live but since you mentioned it i'm going to read you the headline and then we're not going to get into the article because i don't want to get into it here uh as far as what it takes to kick someone out of a out of a house once they've established residency uh, headline man who stayed at new yorker hotel for one day in 2018 now claims he owns the whole building did you catch that <laughs> okay okay so he has tied up the hotel <laughs> somehow in in a, a legal court battle over ownership of it because of some some obscure religious law, something or other. Like I read the article. I'm not going to, like I said, I don't want to get into it here. Um, but basically he's got like, you know, deed papers and whatnot, and it looks ridiculous and he's gotten thrown out uh, in, in a couple places, but still claims ownership of the hotel uh, because of the one day this is like, you know, squatters rights basically for the entire hotel where, where uh, he was there for for one night a year ago. Um, or last year, I should say, I don't know if it was exactly a year ago. Um, and then decided that, nope, be, because of his residency at that hotel, um, he's, he's now ownership of, he's now owner of the entire building. So yeah, your, your plan MC completely viable. If you can get someone, if it, you can get it built and moved in, in time to not, to have them not get evicted and tied it up in some, in some legal court thing. Now I will yeah. also say this, I didn't push it. Uh, but at one point in time, uh, years ago, when I was uh, short time looking for housing, found a place that was willing to take my cash on short term basis and sign a very very short term lease because I was like I can't I need to get into something. This is all I can afford right now, and you know we'll see what happens later. Um, but it turns out that that I was staying in a converted garage um, that the landlord didn't have permission to build. And so I was there for, you know, a couple of weeks before they gave me notice to move out within a couple of weeks. So it put me out on, on a spot um, because they had nosy neighbors that complained about the building and, you know, got the, the letter from the city that said that they had to tear it down. And I felt really bad for them, um, you know, especially because they kind of did me a solid in, in letting me move in. Um, but no, at no point did they suggest that I, you know, squat there longer than intended to help them, you know, fight the city. They just went, well, the city told us we had to, so now we got to move. So it is possible, you know, that in, in your scenario, um, the state comes along, slaps up an eviction notice, the tenant gets scared, you know, because they don't want to, they're, they're not there to, you know, to participate in your legal battle necessarily, unless you find someone willing to do that up front, uh, and you're out, and then they show up the next day with the bulldozers, you know, to, to knock it down if they have to. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, the city always has, you know, the force of law or the force of violence behind them. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much activism you want to do, but I don't think there's a lot of people willing to sit inside of a billionaire's, you know, low-income house while the bulldozers are knocking it down um, just to make a point to the city council. But the city council is totally willing uh, to, to knock down that house on, on, you know, on their authority alone for trying to defy them. Yeah. But, it, but it, at least, um, it would force 
the city council to to do that and yes uh, get, get bad publicity it's like you know i mean if that's if that's your goal and maybe if i was a billionaire maybe that would be my goal i don't know yeah. i don't know matt if i was if i was a billionaire you would never hear from me again like that's, <laughs> i don't know i don't know what i don't i i don't here's the reason here's the thing i'm not a billionaire because i don't have the drive and the uh the motivation um to be a billionaire right like i don't i i, I see those guys like oh yeah you know what what now that we have billions of dollars what can we do next i go fucking nothing you don't have to do anything you're done like you've done all everything you need to do like what's you know why wake up at four in the morning to do anything uh again another headline that just popped in was um the finalization of the divorce between jeff bezos and his wife and mm-hmm. she's walking away with 38 billion dollars wow. like, well, she's she's done like that's it she need not do anything for the rest of her life. Just sit in the house, watch well, soap might, operas, eat bonbons like Peg Bundy. That's she, might, she might decide to go to Mars or something if she wants. I mean. <laughs> True. But that's that's not like that's not a project that she's working on or spending time on. That's like, hey Elon, I'd like to purchase a ticket to your next right. Mars mission. Here's a billion saying. dollars. Yeah. yeah. That I'm fine with that. It's it's the billionaires who like, you know, have this uh uh, aspiration to do more like your billionaire friend he doesn't need to develop a property he's already a billionaire right he, well that's what a, he does i mean that's just i understand uh, that but he could stop now right if the council is giving could. him that much problems he could so just what, stop and walk things, away one of the things he 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 asked me is like he's like well what's your your purpose in life um so his is building houses for people that's that i mean that's okay yeah what he he thinks is you know his calling and he enjoys it and he enjoys working with all the people um yeah his his office was pretty impressive i mean he's got all these people buzzing around doing things for him and you know paperwork and uh you know contacting the the newspapers and <laughs> just uh yeah anything you could think of there he's got somebody working for him yeah, no, I get it, you know, and, and, and someday I hope to find my purpose or my calling because <laughs> I, I honestly, like, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? It's like, not a goddamn thing, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, you know, at, at this point I consider myself like a reluctant workaholic because, you know, I, I get up and I'm like miserable to go to work until I get to work. And then I settle in. It's like, all right, this isn't so bad. I kind of enjoy it. I have fun, you know, mingling and you know talking to people and coworkers and whatever and right. yeah, it makes the day go by but if i didn't have to do that like if i was like if i was financially well off enough where i didn't have to wake my ass up in the morning to go to work or stay out late and come i wouldn't you know i i i, I like to sleep i like to like to just lounge around the house and watch tv and play i'm like a slob uh just happens to like need to work but that's that's my calling like that would be it. I wouldn't do anything. I would do nothing. You know, I would just, I would exist until death basically, uh, in, in leisure <laughs> and not even that much leisure. Like, it's like, Oh, you're free. You want to go on a hike? No, I don't. Oh, how about a nice beach? No, <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I just, <laughs> I don't, I just, you know, so when I, so again, so when I hear, you know, the billionaires going like, Oh, this is my passion. This is my calling. I can't wait to, you know, t- to do more for the good of humanity. I'm like, all right. You know, I'm glad there's people like you because I would, I would do absolutely nothing. Like yeah. my, my dream is to have is nothing they, to do. They, they, and that's what I was trying to explain. I think to Joe, I was, I was saying, right, he, he thinks I have an entrepreneurial uh, mindset. And I said, I said, no, I just, I, I have a rich mindset, but I don't have an entrepreneurial one. Like I, like I respect entrepreneurs so much more than myself. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's just, uh, they're, they're, they, they see no like obstacles like everything is just uh solvable like <laughs> yeah anything they want every obstacle so. is a problem to be solved then you overcome that hurdle and you move on yeah that's why um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who aren't necessarily wealthy or billionaires right the you know the Chinatown is built on you know entrepreneurs who came over and you know without speaking the language decided to start a business selling chinese food or, you know, convenience stores or whatever. Those are entrepreneurs, right? I've, I've worked for a handful of them, uh, because, you know, 
small, small company, small jobs, you, you know who the owner is. And go, well, that's the entrepreneur right there. He built it from, you know, whatever he had to start to whatever it is now. Um, and he may not be the wealthiest person. He may not be the wealthiest person in the room necessarily. Um, but it, you don't need to be to have that mindset, to have that drive ambition. That's the word I've been looking for. You don't have to have, uh, you know, that ambition to do it. Uh, some people have it, some people don't. And the entrepreneurs have it regardless of the size and scope of their endeavor. It just so happens that, you know, th- this, uh, developer has a large scale entrepreneurial endeavor, uh, endeavor to, to work on that luckily for him is his passion. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does, uh, a lot of things in the water. He likes, likes, uh, you know, everything you can think of, but yeah. Um, and uh, just more time doing that, right? If you like going jet skiing, fucking go jet skiing. If you like going boating, go boating. But I don't want to be out in the boat thinking about like, oh, what's the presentation coming up with the city council that I have to worry about as well? Just, just screw those guys. Just you know, be, be, be <laughs> yeah. rich and enjoy it. No, he no, he does it all. I think he I think he found a way to enjoy everything. Like even even the even the downturn, even when they voted voted no against him, he's like, okay, um, well, I think that's a blessing in disguise. Like we're gonna figure out something you know, better to do, and a better way to. Uh, make something out of this so yeah he's really uh, something more profitable well he's really a pretty uh optimistic guy so <laughs> that's the other thing i always consider like if, if you're if you're trying to be an entrepreneur or you're working in whatever business i don't understand um i, I mean i do understand i just i i given the choice i would choose to cater to the wealthy elite because even in a downturn, even in recession, even when, you know, the, the market's going down and poor people have no money. Um, if that doesn't affect your market base at all, <laughs> like if your market isn't cost sensitive, um, then you, you have nothing to worry about, right? If, if, you, if you're the high-end elite restaurant in town, you know, where it's $100 a plate or whatever, uh, you don't really care if, you know, if everyone else is struggling to eat McDonald's because that's not your audience. But when all the smaller restaurants or whatever close down because the, their their market is broke and poor and in a recession, uh, you you just continue onward because you know you, you're the place for the elite to go and to get away from that, like a little country club villa of some kind that just caters to those. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Ferrari is worried about a recession, and I don't think Bugatti <laughs> is worried about a recession. It's like, oh, what poor poor people have no money? How about this new <laughs> McLaren F1 <laughs> for five billion dollars? <laughs> like, oh, and people will line up to buy it, you know? They go like, no, 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 let's let's make let's make cheap cars for poor people. Like, why would you want to do that? Make cars for people who can't afford shit. <laughs> and the government gets in the way. Says so like, no, 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 you these aren't up to standard. And by the time you get up to standard, the, you you they're priced out of the range of the people you're trying to cater to, even though there's a lot of them, right? There's a lot more poor people than wealthy people. I get it. Uh, so you have a bigger market. Uh, I just, I never understood how that, that could be sustained uh, through any ups and downs in a, in a, in an economic, in, in an economy, right? You, you it, you're, you're good when it's up and you struggle when it's down. And yet I don't think that that would happen when you cater to people who don't care when it's down. Anything else? Uh, no. All right, so uh, uh, I I got a chance to see Bill Weld uh, speak in person, live in person today. Um, I don't really care, um, and it was interesting yeah, a little bit, o- only in so far as you know he's he's running like he has a chance to win. He's running against Donald Trump in 2020, trying to you know unseat the incumbent president uh, going going forward. So he's got zero. Uh, chance of winning and I think I think in part of his speech he somewhat acknowledged that he's like I don't really I've never really cared about re-election I like term limits I'm just I'm I'm running I'm running because I'm running um, but one of the uh, interesting things is he was previously on the libertarian ticket for vice president uh, the last go-round and that was less than successful depending on who you ask um, and, you know, so he, he comes to our little, little libertarian ish meetup group, 
that I've finally been able to attend because it permitted me to attend on a Saturday that I didn't have to go to work. And, you know, uh, goes on to tell everyone in the room just how libertarian he actually is, even though he's running as a Republican, you know, and, and how his positions and past and uh, as governor of Massachusetts or whatever uh, supported that. Um, and then it got to the Q&A session. And this is where it got interesting, because in, in my uh, little neighborhood here uh, amongst the, the free state project, libertarian, whatever community that I exist in. Um, the big name presidential ticket candidate is Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard. However, I don't still never figure that one out, depending on who you talk to, um, and how she's garnering support within the, uh, Liberty community simply because, um, of her foreign policy position, which, you know, whatever, uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it kind of a thing. Um, but also her, her, her campaign promise, um, to pardon Edward Snowden and Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning and yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, the, 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 uh, the big name, uh, political, uh, prisoners, I guess, or ref or refugees in, in Edward Snowden's case. Um, so we get to the, you know, the, the Q and a session with Bill Weld and no one asks him at all about that. It's like, you know, and, and again, I take responsibility for myself, not asking, um, but I was I wasn't there for that necessarily, and I don't care because I don't vote. <laughs> he he's not getting my vote either way. So <laughs> who gives a, who gives a gosh darn whether or not he's going to pardon anybody? Um, but I found it interesting that uh, a a room full of people whom I would think would have that be at least on their minds, given how much um, airtime I don't know like for how much conversation time. Uh, Tulsi has gotten, uh, in, in other meetups that I've been to, um, for those issues that that wouldn't even be a consideration when talking to, uh, Bill Weld, especially because there are some people that, you know, have, have put out there, uh, that they would, they would throw a vote Donald Trump's way if he made the same campaign promise. I was like, well, pardon Edward Snowden, pardon Julian Assange. And, and because he has the power to do it, he would actually have to do it. It couldn't be a campaign promise, but like pardon, pardon the big three. And they would throw a vote his way, you know, more than just a golf clap. They, they, he would have bought their vote. Um, and so I find it odd to not even bring that up, uh, during the, the, the Bill Weld, uh, section of that talk. Do you know anything about Bill Weld? Like, am I, does, does it matter? Does not, it even matter not, to you? None? Not really. Okay. I, I, uh, not even as the vice I, president. Cause you were more LP involved back home than I was. I really didn't focus on him that much. Um, okay. I, I know all I know is kind of controversial that he was even on the Libertarian Party ticket. So, because he's a Republican. Okay. He's a, he was a Republican. He jumped ship to the LP to get on the uh, the LP ticket, as you know, as a Libertarian, but no, really a Republican. And okay. then now that that has failed, he's jumped back uh, to the Republican Party, the GOP, uh, in order to to you know throw his hat in the in the race. Uh, against Donald Trump in the primary, right? Like he's not yeah, even, maybe, not maybe even. he should have ran as a Democrat. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I as long really, as he's going to really like, care. you know, whichever yeah, way the really wind care. blows. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what party he's in to me in the, same, in the same way. I didn't really care what party Ron Paul was in. Um, you know, it's about their ideas, but honestly, I don't really know much about Bill Weld's ideas because they're probably not radical enough for me. They're probably just like middle of the road, like, oh, I just want to be president because I know how to run this system better than anybody else. But I think the rest, the system is, itself is running pretty bad. So um, I don't think it should be fixed. I think it should be smashed. <laughs> yeah. And which is which is why I you know usually stand by. And while we're there, right, M goes, uh, you should run for office, you know, because they were talking about, you know, if you once you're here for two years then you can run for uh a city council or something like that and when you're here for seven years then you can run for um senate and governor or whatever and she's like you should run i go um real anarchists don't seek public office and she goes that would make it more interesting i go no <laughs> you have them you know that's one of the things they told me is like we already have anarchists who won elections here i go well i doubt that because <laughs> like how do you figure 
you know, it's like, I, I don't want to bring up the no true Scotsman fallacy, uh, <laughs> but there's some things that, you know, are in direct conflict with the principles of the matter that, you know, uh, are uh, 100% against the definition of a thing. And it's not a fallacy to point out the contradiction and say that, no, 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 uh, that's in violation of the definition, therefore cannot be. Uh, but yeah, so, and, but I will, I will concede this, that I didn't have the, this part of the discussion with her. Um, the only way for uh, us as anarchists to run for office, um, is as a publicity stunt and satire, right? Which is why we, I have the satirical, uh, um, Agorian party set up years ago that, you know, if if anyone wants to run with that, you know, it's there. Um, we've got a, a friend of ours, uh, who's changing his name to nobody legally, uh, waiting for that to, to officially go through so he can run for mayor of his town so that nobody appears on the ballot and you can actually select the box and vote for nobody. So that'll be interesting, right? No one expects him to win. Um, it's just, you know, and I would, I think he would consider himself, uh, an anarchist of sorts. Uh, at least he's got the, you know, the, the circle a spray painted on the side of his car at one point, or at least did. Um, so I think he would qualify as an anarchist, and I think that that's a good way uh, to poke fun at the system rather than to actually, you know, to put together a legitimate campaign um, with the with the goal and desire to win office. So s- satirically, uh, to poke fun, Vermin Supreme again is another one that's good at poking fun at these types of things um, without the, without the desired end result of actually winning and having to fill his campaign promise, which would be ridiculous. Um, free ponies, free ponies. Yep. That's the one for everyone. How would he do that? The, the pony market would skyrocket. They, they become ridiculously expensive. Um, as the supply dwindled, like how much, how much for the last pony that Vermin Supreme had to give out? It'd be, it'd be like, he would have to double the national debt to buy that thing to give away. Or confiscated militarily. Well, I mean, it, it would probably have to be like a 20-year a plan. I mean. <laughs> so he'd have to be president for 20 years. And you got to squeeze that thing into four, man. You've only got four years to make yeah. that happen. Unless you, you get clone, the, clone them and make it a worldwide project, I guess. Four years in, he's like, okay, only half of you guys have got your pony so far. So what I need is to get reelected. So yeah. I can fulfill my original campaign promise of ponies for all. Well, I mean, yeah, if you get half the people their their ponies, the, he'd he'd be a shoe and he'd because he get half the vote. Re-election. He'd yeah. get the whole vote because the other half that did get their ponies would have to vote for him in order to get theirs. Right. Yeah. It'd be a landslide. I'm surprised this hasn't taken off more seriously. Yeah. Go vermin, vermin twenty twenty. So yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up. Like I, I'm again not impressed with any politician at all ever. Um, but I also found it interesting that the, of, of the politicians, of the, of the maybe, questions that maybe, were asked that that was, I should up. run, run for office and promise free Teslas. Everybody likes Teslas. Do it. And if you, if you want to, you know, if you want to start the political party there, the Agorian party, it's a national thing. Um, go ahead and figure out how to get that thing taken off. We can work on the platform, uh, <laughs> the party planks, but throw Teslas in there. Why not? You know? Free t- free Teslas for all. All Elon has to do is build them. All right. The other thing that I'm, I'm going to move on because I don't know. Like I said, I don't really care. I just it happened to happen earlier today, and so it's like, all right, let's talk about this. Uh, so our buddy, and do we want to call him a, a former co-host, a sometimes co-host, Bronson, is doing a thing. Have you seen the thing that Bronson is doing? I did. Okay. So I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll I'll put it out there. I pitched this in a in a similar form years ago. Feels like maybe just last year, but years ago on I this show. He, yeah, I think he might have. I think he might have been on the show when we talked about it. He may have been, and at the time we discussed doing it, um, and then I moved for the Free State Project, and it never came to fruition. And I don't even know what happened um, to the the uh, piece of cloth that I was going to donate to his cause for this. But he is he is taking the ball finally and running with it. So I'm going to give him a shout out for this, um, the official flag burning challenge, uh, run by a good friend Bronson. I don't know if we if we ever given out his last name, so I won't do it. Um, 
and you can it, the the official page for it is flag burning challenge on facebook so just look for flag burning challenge uh, on your favorite and everyone's favorite social media site and uh taking it uh, kicking it up a notch from what i've done um he's doing it uh, tournament style where we're going to incinerate some pieces of cloth regardless like I had the idea because I didn't want to pay for all these all these cloths, right? So I had one I had, I had one flag gifted to me, and my idea at the time was um, let's set up an auction or a, a you know GoFundMe or whatever, and if if we don't get you know five thousand dollars to save the flag, uh, let's just go ahead and set that some bitch on fire, and you know and that's that's the plan that we were going to do. Now Bronson has lowered the threshold significantly. Um, but he's doing it uh, round by round. So I, I forget how many rounds it is, but it culminates, I think, in August. Uh, I'm trying to read here. Yeah, sometime in August, there's going to be a rally in Boston. So I might even go down for that because I'm close enough to go to go visit him if he's if he's really going to pull this off. Uh, but every every week or so, uh, some flags will be set for incineration. Uh, I think it's five flags per round. Um, each flag. Uh, must get a minimum hundred dollars, uh, and if they don't receive, if they don't reach that hundred dollar donation threshold, they'll be incinerated. Uh, so we're gonna, he's gonna be burning quite a few flags, uh, and then replacing them. Like you know, the the winner moves on to the next round, um, and then more flags get introduced, and the, the, let the let the donations continue until uh, the the big uh, whatever super duper fun time parade that's happening in Boston where there'll be one flag uh, that does not get incinerated because it, it won the, the hearts and minds of the people uh, who will be you know donating to such a just cause. Um, but all other flags as part of this uh, round robin, I guess, is that, that kind of tournament this is, it's round robin tournament, uh, will be incinerated along the way. So this is the, I'm going to say official, even though there's nothing official about it, the official flag burning challenge. Uh, find out more uh, on Facebook. Just look up flag burning challenge. Um, and if you want to, if you're one of those people that like, for some reason, listen to this show and hate me, uh, but don't have the, the nutsack to call in and say anything about it. Um, go ahead and find that page, give it a like, and, you know, donate some money to your favorite flag. Um, or, uh, put in suggestions. If you're, you know, uh, one of the anarchists who listen to the show and for some reason, like the sound of my voice. Uh, go ahead and recommend, uh, throw out some suggestions, uh, nominate some flags to, uh, for incineration. So I think, uh, the, the Hawaii flag, the Alaska flag, the United States flag, um, where it was up there. I think I voted, I, you know, there was a round one vote and then I, I cast my ballot, uh, for the Antifa flag to be incinerated. So this is going to be good. I'm excited about this. I, I hope he actually follows through <laughs> with the, with the actual incineration. Um, but I, I cannot be uh, any more excited, uh, about setting pieces of cloth on fire, uh, than, than him finally doing it, taking the mantle up, taking the idea, running with it, altering it, uh, for the better. I'll give him credit for that. You know, as, as long as he's paying for all the pieces of cloth, cause that was my reason, right? I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not buying a flag just to set it on fire to piss people off. But if you want to buy flags to set on fire to piss people off, I will light that up for you. I will I will hold the lighter for you and I will set it on fire for you. Um, I just I don't want to spend money on it. Just not worth it. So when I got the flag gifted to me, that was my reason. And apparently he's going to get donated flags or somehow paying out of his own pocket for these things just to just to piss people off and find out how important the piece of cloth really is uh, to those people who claim that 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 you know, to, that it represents so much. So, um, so good on him. Thank you, Bronson, uh, doing the Lord's work, uh, out there burning flags. Uh, your thoughts on this MC, cause you were part of the initial discussion when I initially pitched it and might be a little closer to home for you. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's not my thing. I think it's funny. And, uh, I think it's, uh, right in line with, uh, his, his style. Uh, yes. So that's, he, he he's he's a professional troll and uh so he's a very in your face kind of guy yeah yeah so that, i think i think it's uh i think it's fun um hopefully it doesn't cause too many problems for him in his life well and that was the other thing i i maybe maybe it wasn't boston i forget but there was there there was another i think it was dc um someone burned the flag too close to the white house or something like that i don't remember the story 
um, uh, just within the last uh, week or so and, you know, got, got arrested for it. And it was like, but it's, it's, it's been decided so many times that flag burning is protected first amendment speech that there's no way, uh, what he's about to do can be construed in any way as illegal. Um, but it definitely is trollish and he's definitely a professional troll. Uh, I'm glad we're friends because I do not want to be on his bad side, uh, for, for this kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's right up his alley and, uh, protected free speech. Um, as long as, you know, as long as he doesn't, uh, throw, th- throw the burning cloth at anybody. So yeah, good times, good times to be had. And it may not be your thing MC, but it's definitely, it's, you know, flag burning is one of those things. It's such a, it's such an anarchist thing to do, right? Like, can you really, can you really be an anarchist if you've never thrown a Molotov cocktail and burned a flag? I mean, really? Like, you know. I, I, I guess you can, because I haven't done either uh, for the reasons that I just can't give out. I don't want to spend the money on it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely right up, right up the alley of anti-state people to say the least to, to state, to set uh, state emblems on fire uh, and, and piss those people off. So good on him. And we'll see. Well, I, I will. That's one thing that I'm going to be following so closely um, that if there's any news, like news, news, not just he posted another picture, but actual information to report on the, the whens, the wheres, the hows, that this is going to be going down. You can better believe uh, that I'll be uh, mentioning it here on this show um, because, you know, the, 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 I, I'm, again, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for it. The idea to charge people to save the flag uh, was mine, uh, and I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad at him for stealing it. And I don't, I don't want to say stealing. I'm saying taking the ball and running with it because I wasn't going to do it. Um, and I, I had no follow through and no one's gifted me a flag yet here. So I, I, don't want any, I don't want any negative connotations coming across when I say that he's taking the idea or stealing the idea or, you know, whatever, because who cares, right? I'm, I'm in 100% support of this type of behavior, uh, this particular behavior, um, and a lot of uh, what he's done in the past in general. Um, and, you know, having seen this post of his, uh, looking at some of the other stuff that he's been doing um, recently as well is uh, fun too, right? Like I've, I've been sharing his videos in the, the little local groups here uh, just to get the word out of, of this gentleman from across, across the, uh, the globe at this point. Um, but yeah, so any, any news or updates I will bring here. Um, otherwise, go check it out on Facebook. Follow it like it, share it with your anarchist friends and, and let's, let's get the, the cloths of the state incinerated, uh, in as large quantities as much as possible, uh, for a good cause. And he gets to keep the money, right? If, if people donate, if people donate $99, uh, and the fan doesn't meet the threshold, he's like $99 richer and gets to set a flag on fire. So, uh, you know, it's good times, good times to be had by all. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, that's all. All right. I think we're pushed up right against the clock if I'm if I'm reading my time correctly. Uh, so I had some articles lined up. I don't think we need to get into them. Um, check them out. Uh, you want to just say what they are anyway, just in case anybody wants to look at the list and sure, see, we can. I'll just run news. through some headlines. Sure. Uh, here's the headlines. You can check out the full articles uh, on our Facebook groups page. Uh, facebook.com slash group slash anarchist experience and then join the group if you like uh, because it's free and then you can post stuff too if you want us to talk about it uh, along with Colin. Headline exactly like its predecessors Trump's peace plan has been designed to fail. Uh, headline the government wants to outlaw encrypted messaging in iMessage, WhatsApp, Signal, Wicker, Telegram, etc. Uh, headline raise my taxes really just means raise others taxes. Uh, headline Nothing is more expensive than a free government service. Uh, headline, Hong Kong protests show dangers of a cashless society. Uh, that would have been fun in, 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 in line with the, the crypto talk that frequently goes on here. Uh, headline, Berlin's government is making housing unaffordable. Well, there you go, MC. You can check that one out. Uh, not only in Hawaii, but in Germany as well. I'm messing around with, <laughs> with housing prices. And finally, headline, free things and unfree people. Uh, that's what I had pulled up. So a handful of articles uh, that was of interest to me this week. 
Um, and depending on depending on when you listen to the show, uh, I am also uh, the Sunday night co-host on Free Talk Live. Uh, most regular, regular, regular Sunday coast. I want to say that because sometimes they're out of town and I don't go out of town with them. And sometimes they do remotes and I don't go remote with them. And sometimes they pre-record and I'm not there for that either. But if it's a, if it's your typical average everyday Sunday night, uh, I am the third chair on that show. Um, uh, and I pull up different articles. Like I, the, you know, I try to be as topical as I can for the show that I'm on. Uh, so I thought these would be fitting for this discussion, um, and I've got a handful of others that I've put on the side uh, for that show. So if you listen to if you listen to Free Talk Live or you're listening on LRN.FM, uh, join me on Sunday nights there um, for for that discussion. Because sometimes they let me uh, t- sometimes they let me talk about what I brought to the table. I, I didn't think that was going to happen as frequently as it does. Uh, but yeah, they you know I everyone brings in a few articles and sometimes mine get read. So that's always exciting as well. So Sunday nights there. Um, whenever you get the podcast here. Uh, we use, we do the show usually on Saturdays. Uh, that changes because it's a podcast and we don't have to record. <laughs> we, we're not a live show. Uh, although the caller numbers, if you do want to call in, uh, drop us a message and we'll figure out a way to let you know when we're actually going to be recording so that you can participate if you want to. Those numbers work. Uh, you can get through and leave us a message. Um, or when we're calling and we're doing the show live, uh, you can call that number to find out when we're doing it. And so... Um, the, the standard recording time that we try to hit is 10 a.m. Hawaii standard time, which is currently 4 p.m. Eastern standard time where I'm in, in New Hampshire. Um, I think is it still 2200, 2200, 200, uh, Greenwich mean time. So yeah, 2000 Greenwich mean time, 20, oh, 20. How do you say that? 20 hours. However, 2000, 2000, that sounds weird. 2000 GMT, uh, is likely is the best time to call our call in numbers. If you want to get on the show while we're recording live, um, otherwise leave us a message and we'll get back to you and figure out what, how to get you on. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. MC final thoughts. Uh, have a nice day. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com, minds.com slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>